Hey, Connor here in Barcelona on quarantine cam, and uh, great to see. We've got 24 viewers now on. Uh, my aim here is to connect with all of you and test out this uh, YouTube live setting. And uh, quarantine here in Spain, we've been now for since the weekend in quarantine at home, uh, watching a lot of movies, seeing a lot of people through video. Uh, Zoom has become the way I communicate with my mom and my dad, my brothers, my sisters, my elder daughter. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, family meals cooked here in Barcelona. And I thought, uh, just like my good friend Florian Moek, uh, when you're stuck at home, take the time to create some new things, to begin some new projects. I have been thinking about YouTube Live for a long time, but I've never hit that button. So glad to have you on here. I can see uh, Sufala, a smile, welcome to the chat. Great to have you here. And in order to get talking while we're here, because uh, my friend Florian has been doing live streams now for four days, his message was keep talking. So I put together a little bit of uh, show notes for what to talk about uh, over the next 30 minutes. Some reflections on being a YouTuber, some reflections on quarantine, running businesses in times of uncertainty, some reflections on personal impact, personal health, physical and mental, in times when there's a, a physical distance between people. Ilam, hello from Morocco. Gupta, hello, I guess India. Great to see live chat up and running. So, some of the things I was thinking about coronavirus, uh, you know, my prediction, uh, we're going to have a lot of December babies. There's going to be a big spike in demand in maternity hospitals in December. Uh, a lot of people stuck at home. There's only so many movies you can watch, board games you can play. December babies. Uh, when are we going to get back to normal? Uh, I think uh, we're going to have a reset. I don't think we're going to go back to where we were for the last uh, 50 years. Uh, we've had 20, 30 years just of constant growth in US stocks, in European markets. A few setbacks, 2008. Hello, Alessandro, great to see you. Uh, good to see everyone there in the chat. So first, uh, a reflection on health. Uh, coronavirus is a new virus to human beings. And as such, none of us have any built-in immunity. But the wonderful thing is each of us has an immune system which is so capable uh, of dealing with so many challenges and whilst you can't really prepare for coronavirus there's a set of things you can do to avoid dropping the quality of your immune system and some of the, the things that medical experts nurses doctors recommend to, to make sure that your immune system, at the very least, is, is operating at its, its best, is uh, get enough sleep. And you know I find here when you're trapped at home, it's very easy to be on Netflix 
and just watching series after series and end up going to bed at one and two in the morning and then waking. So here I've been trying to keep to routine of getting enough sleep, getting eight, nine hours of sleep a night because sleep has a major impact on our immune system. Another thing, it's so easy here trapped at home to, to lose your healthy eating habits. Eat well, eat a de decent breakfast, take time with your family or wherever you are to prepare decent meals for lunch and for dinner uh, and eat vegetables. I think eating a well-balanced meal and well-balanced tends to be avoiding too much sugar, avoiding too much refined carbohydrates. So vegetables, stuff that once was growing, uh, really helps your immune system. Uh, and a thing that really has an impact on our immune system is stress. Um, one of the things I want to talk quite a bit about over the time here together is how stress affects us and how the stress of coronavirus, uncertainty, the future uh, can, can really be the worst thing. If, if we just let it sit with us, it can be the worst thing for our immune system. Hello Texas, hello Italy, hello Morocco, Riyadh, oh, great to see all of you connecting. Nadine, hello, great to connect. Seen you a few of the uh, Florian uh, live streams. Uh, and hit your questions there in the chat. I've got plenty of content here to, to get through as we go. But uh, always open to your questions, your ideas, your reflections. Uh, so stress, uh, the uncertainty of what's going to happen, where are we going to be? I was watching Frozen 2 with my four-year-old daughter this morning. And there's a moment when Olaf, the little snowman, gives some advice to the queen, Queen Elsa of Arundel. And there's a bit of chaos. They don't know what's happening. The magic is, is coming. And Olaf says in his eminent wisdom to the Queen Elsa, when everything's uncertain and you don't know what to do, just do the next right thing. And I think in times like this, when there's so much uncertainty, one of the responses I find in myself is a desperate hunger to find out more news, read about coronavirus, read about what's happening in China, read about what's happening in Italy. And I think there's a degree to which more information does not reduce the, the sense of uncertainty. So I've learned as much as I need to know about the coronavirus. I'm not a doctor, I'm not gonna be a doctor. I've learned as much as I need to about the state of the health system in the UK, in the US, in China, in Italy. It's not gonna change anything. So there's a, there's a point where you can learn enough and then you just have to stop paying attention to new data and look at the question, what's the next right thing I can do? And it may be, in, in my case, our business had a big leadership workshop scheduled for 23, 24, 25 March in Madrid. And for weeks and months, I've been looking forward to getting the home team together, three days, uh, Rick coming up across from the US to share a lot of inspiration, really looking forward to it. For me, it's been very hard to accept that that's going to be cancelled. Uh, maybe we'll do something virtually, but we're not going to have that moment where we come together as a leadership team of Vistage in Spain, connect, remember what's good, feel together and, and get fired up for the rest of the year. 
I think in January when I sat down in San Diego with all of the, the business partners of Vistage around the world, as we looked at what could po potentially happen in 2020, none of us built a business plan that was centered around the entire world going into remote work, quarantine, no face-to-face -face meetings across the world. Uh, right now in Spain it's for two weeks, but maybe it'll be a month, maybe it'll be more long. Uh, so, you know, is there quarantine where you are? Uh, has it started? Uh, how's, how's it affecting you where you are? So we're talking about how to at least not make your immune system worse. And a couple of things to, to keep your immune system well, sleep, eat well, uh, deal with stress, get your mind in a good place, physical exercise, and if you do have some existing conditions, make sure that they are as well managed as possible at this time. And I'm just gonna talk about just stress, how to not let stress overwhelm you and the doubts and the uncertainty put you in a real frustrated negative place. Uh, I guess it's very easy to be at home. Hey Florian, good to see you connecting. Uh, and I've taken your tip of find a way of keep on talking. Uh, and open in the chat here to any good ideas. What works well in these live chat sessions? But uh, here in Barcelona, the sun is shining outside, but that's uh, not of any great use to us because no one here in Barcelona is allowed out into the street except to go and buy food, to go to the pharmacy to buy drugs, uh, or the very minimum uh, to travel to employ your, your place of work. Uh, so cold showers, Brian, cold showers, that's definitely a good tactic to keep your mental strength. Hey Kira, hello from Chicago, wow. Kira, it's been a long time since Kenilworth, New Trier Township, or you were in a different school, but hey, hope uh, Chicago is going well. My sense across the world, you know, what happened in China, we in Barcelona are about two months behind China. We're about 10 days behind Italy. And I suspect the UK, the US, Ireland are about five days behind Spain. Uh, I don't see that there's something significantly different in the Italian uh, country or the Italian medical system that other countries are gonna have a different impact of coronavirus as it, it propagates in this exponential way through populations. Uh, you know, the good news of coronavirus is for 80-90% of people, it's just a flu and a cold. The problem is that there's a certain percentage of people that it really hits them hard, gets their lungs. And what all over the world we're trying to do is make sure that hospitals are not overwhelmed. And the great work of our doctors and our nurses and the intensive care units uh, is not completely overwhelmed at the time. Wow, it's great to see everyone in the chat. Jacob, hello. Walid, uh, hello. Um, India, I love India. India is a big country. Which part? I've been all over India. I've been uh, down in Chennai, in Bangalore. Uh, one of my favorite things in the world. And when we get back to being able to travel, Kerala. If anyone hasn't done a houseboat, on the Kerala water system. That is one of the most out of this world experiences that I have ever had. And I think, you know, as we're somewhat stuck at home, I've been 
rethinking some of the great adventures I've had over the last few years. On Saturday, I went out on bicycles. We had these Brompton folding bicycles and myself, my wife, my four-year-old daughter, we were cycling along. And as I was cycling along behind my four-year-old daughter on her bicycle, I was aware that tomorrow's quarantine. And I was wondering, you know, myself, my life as a kid in my 14, 15, 16, I lived in Chicago, then moved to London. I went to university in Nottingham. When I finished university, started working in London, then spent two years backpacking around the world, just traveling from country to country. I lived and worked in Australia, lived and worked in New York, in Chicago, London, now Barcelona. And I've got used to a world where you can just get on a plane and travel and see mountains and see oceans and see the world. Uh, you know, I see Iran, New Delhi, Vietnam, Kuwait, countries that a week ago I could just go to the airport, book a ticket and in 6, 8, 12, 14 hours be there and see with my own eyes other countries, other places. I wonder, will we go back to that? I very much hope so. I very much hope in the short term this virus is putting up walls and stopping people traveling. And I wonder whether this pause where we realize what is lost, what a special thing it is to be able to go out and meet people from other countries. <laughs> Here at the moment, meet any other person. For the last four days, the only people I've seen is my wife, my daughter face to face. Uh, on Zoom each night, Myself, my mum, my dad, my brothers, my sister, my, my daughters, my co their cousins all connect on Zoom. We've been doing quizzes, trivial pursuits. So probably I have spoken more in the last four days to my mum and my dad than I have in, in the four months previously, but via digital means. Hey, Mercury, Kerala, Kochi, Kerala, spectacular. Uh, Kira, HR leader for a global company and would love to hear about ideas to keep our now dispersed global workforce inspired and engaged during this crisis and new normal. And uh, new normal, I think there's a couple of things that I've been doing here uh, with my team. So Vistage in Spain, I'm the leader, uh, although whether some of the team would call me that is a different thing, but I, I talk about vision and hopefully I'm an inspiring uh, source of the vision of where we're going. Last week, I was personally very lost. I was personally just trying to comprehend what this quarantine was gonna mean, what I could be doing personally for my health, my family's health, my parents. Perhaps it was my parents that I worried most about. Uh, and so last week was me going through, I guess, the stages of grief. Firstly, you know, this can't be happening. This, this is something that's gonna happen in Italy. It's not gonna happen here. Then it was, oh, this is really gonna affect me. And then over the course of the last few days, I've just spoken to every one of our Vistage leaders. I've spoken to a lot of business owners. Uh, I've been on a couple of calls with all of the faculty at ESA Business School. 
And one of the most powerful things is just listening to other people's experience of this. Uh, and I think I learned that there are people that are alone in quarantine. And when I stopped thinking of me and how I'm going to be and thinking of people in our teams who are alone, so I'd say, Kira, one of the first things is, is look at the people in your team, anyone who's alone and going into quarantine, reach out to them, keep them connected. Uh, those that are families with young kids, uh, myself, my wife, we have a four-year-old here at home and sometimes uh, she will be running into the room while I'm on a Zoom or uh, Skype conference. So I think uh, learning to be very generous with people that all parents here in Spain, their kids are at home, their kids are either just in the next room or at the desk next to them. So we're, we're working in a, a difficult time. I think fear, uh, you know, when there's uncertainty, there's fear. And as a leader uh, of a team, recognizing that when there's fear, data and information doesn't help with fear. When someone has a lot of fear, there needs to be a conversation. And a conversation involves asking a question, letting them share and process what they're living through and let them know that they've been heard. And one part of that conversation, is, you know, at Vistage, what we would ask people at the very beginning of a meeting, one to 10, how are you doing personally? One to 10, how are you doing professionally with your job? One to 10, how are you doing with your family? And let every person who's connected just give those three numbers. One to 10, how are you personally? One to 10, uh, you know, with your business, with your income, how are you doing? One to 10, how's your family holding up? What's the single biggest issue or challenge facing you right now? And we just let everybody speak that, even if it's into a camera. And I think at a time of fear, if you can just give people a place where they can listen to others' experiences of what they're going through and they can share their own personal experience, all of a sudden we don't feel so alone. So with fear, giving more information doesn't help, giving people data doesn't help, only allowing a conversation where they express where they are, how they're feeling, you listen to them, you let them know that they've been heard, very often there's not a lot we can do to fix it but the very nature of allowing people to express how they are express how they're feeling express what they're worried about and listen to other people express a similar thing and and you realize the thing i'm scared of everyone else is scared of the things i'm struggling with many others are struggling with uh, some of the things i'm struggling with there's people who would wish to have that struggle uh, you know i i I guess with my four-year-old, we have a lot of games going on. It's when I realized that there's people alone in this quarantine period that I really value the time I spend with my daughter. Uh, so, you know, to me, Kira, the most important thing is giving people uh, a place where they can just express how they are right now, what they're thinking about, what's going on. Vistage, the way we do that is ask for three numbers, one to 10 personal, one to 10 professional, one to 10 health, and just let everyone, let the rest of the room, uh, the rest of the, the conference know how they are. Uh, beyond that, I think uh, 
what we can do is regular communication. Uh, a vacuum, silence is the worst thing you can do. Even if you just send the same message over and over and over again, which is, uh, you know, we know you're there, we know this is tough, we know that quarantine is coming, we know that uh, not everyone's going to be able to adjust easily. Uh, just repeating that message. I think uh, I've sent each week a message to everyone here in, in my surroundings, just saying, wash your hands, social distance, uh, avoid physical contact. If you notice symptoms, don't come to work. Uh, you know, you're not doing this just for you, you're doing this for the people whose lungs can't cope, for your parents, for your grandparents. Uh, I feel lucky to be 46. So, Nassim, hello, 16. Ah, wow. I think when I was 16 year old, when I was 16 years old, I don't think I had any idea what I wanted to be in the world. Uh, but you, I think to become a great leader, wanting to become a great leader is the first step. And in fact, there's a, a wonderful, a wonderful book uh, that says, if you want to be a great parent, the distinguishing factor between not being a, a positive role model as a parent and, and being a positive role model as a parent is whether you've ever bought a book on parenting. It's not important whether you read it. It's important that you care enough to spend 10, 20 dollars, euros on a book. So Nassim, the fact that you have the desire to be a great leader and the desire to use this time in quarantine to read, you know, for me, some of the things to become a great leader is read biographies. Uh, I have a, on my website a list of books that I recommend. A lot of those books are biographies. And I think the best mentors we can have are good leaders of the past that you can read their biography. Uh, I think the first biography that really struck me and gave me a lot of lessons for how to live life was uh, Rockefeller's biography, which is a sort of thick book and it's called Titan. And not only do you learn about his life as a human being in the United States in 1840, 1850, 1860, coming from a very poor background. You also learn about the geography, the history, the politics of the time. Uh, he had to take some tough decisions. It wasn't a foregone conclusion that his business was really going to work out. And to me, that Rockefeller biography, I think it's called Titan, it's a very good source of lessons on how to be a leader in a business sense. Another book that I'd recommend to anyone who aspires to be a great leader would be Nelson Mandela's Long Walk to Freedom. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi, uh, I think it's, uh, I can't remember the name of, of the biography. I, in fact, I remember reading Mahatma Gandhi's biography whilst being on a train, uh, I think from on the, on the uh, west coast of India, spending 20 hours on a train. I was reading uh, two books, Train to Pakistan and Mahatma Gandhi's uh, biography. And biographies to me are one of the best ways of just getting mentorship from someone who has lived a set of things before you. So 
Nassim, this quarantine is probably a great time to get a couple of books on Kindle or on computer. I would recommend biographies. Nelson Mandela, Mahatma Gandhi, uh, Richard Branson's one is quite good, although I don't know how much it applies to, to some like us. Uh, Kira, glad that that one to 10 idea works. Uh, another tool that we use in EO meetings, and it can be a bit quicker, is what we call the one word open. And you just get everyone around to say one word about how they're feeling right now. And yeah, in the chat here, if I asked you, put down a word that just express, expresses how you're feeling right now. And you don't need to think too much about this, just label the emotional state you find inside yourself. Uh, for me, inspired. Uh, and inspired because I look at this screen and I see such a range of countries. Sam from the Netherlands, hey, are you in Amsterdam or in another part? Sarika, yeah, Mahatma Gandhi, inspiring individual. I love India, there's so many lessons that we still have to learn from Indian philosophy and the Indian approach to life. In fact, one of the most powerful things that I learned, I spent a month traveling around India with entrepreneurs organization. I gave speeches in 10 different cities. It was 17 different cities in a month. Uh, I spent four days on a houseboat in Kerala, I spent a few days in Nepal. But one of the things in, in India that frustrated me at the very beginning was that there's there's a third answer to all questions. So here in the West, in the US, in Europe, when you ask a question, uh, typically the answer is either yes or no. In India, there's yes, no, but there's this other answer which you get very often, which is this, this sort of horizontal movement of the head, uh, which you know this Irish person uh, translates that Indian movement of the head as, I acknowledge that you have asked me a question. And it used to frustrate me so much when I was in India that I would go down to the concierge in a hotel and say, I'll need a car to the airport tomorrow at 5 a.m. And the, the person behind would do this head nod. I would say, I'll need a wake up call at 4.30 a.m. And there would be this head nod. And I'd say, would you write down something or say yes? But I realized after my time in India, I felt obligated to answer other people's questions. I always gave them the control. And it's a wonderful idea that when someone asks you a question and you have an answer, you can choose to give it, you can choose not to give it. You can also choose to, to find your own form of this horizontal head nod that just says, I acknowledge that you've asked me a question. Doesn't mean I'm obligated to answer. Uh, as a teacher in ESA Business School, I've really taken that on and decided that there's a range of questions I will answer, but there's a range of questions that I, it's not in my interest to answer. I'm not competent to answer. Hey, Pamplona. I love Pamplona. I love teaching at University of Navarra. Pamplona reminds me very much of where I went to university, which is Nottingham. Uh, Nottingham is a city that's big enough that you have everything, but is small enough that you can walk everywhere. Uh, Nottingham as a city has a lot of green lands around 
And every time I'm in Pamplona, it reminds me of that. It's a city that's big enough to have everything, but small enough that you can walk everywhere. Uh, and it's very green, especially for a Spanish city. So, actually, yeah, Merck's D, I like that you like my Indian head nod. I think a bit more practice is needed. But, uh, you know, as we come to this last few minutes of this call, you know, first, I just want to thank all of you, Kira, Roberto, Sam, Arancha, Florian, Nadine, Sadiq, Sajik, Nassim, Maria Luisa, Tudo bem, muito obrigado. Uh, great to connect with you here. Uh, and it's fascinating that quarantine, which is designed to keep us apart, has allowed me to connect with all of you in a way that I've, I've never done it before. <laughs> Elena, Roberto, I can see we're forming friendships and connections here between people in the chat. So leading in uncertainty, and I think to Kira's question, I talked a bit about what we can do with our teams in this time. And a couple of ideas. One, begin all of these virtual meetings, just asking people one to 10, how are you doing? So that people have a chance to just express themselves. Another is one word, uh, you know, just with one word, how are you doing right now? Good, bad, happy, engaged, connected, frustrated, overwhelmed, lost, struggling, uh, in a mess. Hey, Dirk, great to, great to connect with you, John Paul. So letting at the beginning of any of these meetings, people express themselves one to 10 with a word just to say, how are you doing? Without a need for you as a leader or anyone to respond, just letting people get their, their state of mind out. Another uh, facts don't work on fear. There's a, there's a set of facts that need to be in place. I think every company should have a protocol in place to deal with coronavirus and illness in the workforce, which at the very basic is if you're sick, do not come to work, do not uh, 